Welcome to the Encounter Church Podcast. For more information about our church and service times, please visit revival.me. Enjoy the message. These are ways to help you understand what you were designed for. Now, this isn't like a perfect recipe, but it's a roadmap to help you walk with God and discover what he's given you, the things that he's put inside of you that you're created to do. So the call of God, if you're taking notes, write this down. If you're not taking notes, write this down. Amen. The, the call of God is that which God wants you to accomplish in life. The call of God is not, well, you're, you're called to the ministry, brother. I think we super-spiritualize things sometimes. We over-spiritualize things. And sometimes that's the reason we're not responsible in life. You need to be responsible for the call that's on your life, not over-spiritualize it, and think the call of God is out there floating around in the air somewhere, and someday you'll grab a hold of it. What you need to learn is that you already have it. It's upon your life. It's time to say yes to it. If the body of Christ woke up to the, the, the realization that every one of us are called by God, can you imagine what we'd accomplish in the earth? The Bible talks about all of the members of the body doing their part, Ephesians chapter 4. If every part of the body did what they were created to do, the body would accomplish more. Amen? So the call of God, if you're taking notes, write this down. If you're not taking notes, write this down. It worked better the first time. I just thought I'd give it one more time to those who weren't listening. That which God wants you to accomplish in life. I mean, just... Just soak that in for a minute. That's the call of God. Get rid of all the ideas like the call of God is some, well, I'm called someday to be a bishop. Glory to God. Or I'm called to go to the nations. That's wonderful. Just make sure you go to the nations with the real call of God in your life. And not some made-up thing in Christendom. Not some made-up thing in making ministry about a platform, not people. Not some made-up thing that church is like CEO and a business, not a family. Come on. We're family. We are all called by God to manifest who Jesus is in our own unique anointed way. And that might mean you are called to business. That might mean you are called to politics. Come on, somebody. Not to be a politician, but to be a believer and influence politics. Come on, who wants to be a politician? Nobody. Come on, somebody. We want to manifest heaven. We want to, but you, we are all called to manifest the kingdom of God in every sphere. It might be connected to our career. It may or may not be. Um, it, but aside from that, we're all called to serve and to love and to manifest Jesus. So there are unique things, though, that God's created us for. And it's important that we're aware of how God has wired us. There's great gifts tests. There's spiritual gifts tests. It's important that we understand that it's not just understanding what gifts of the Spirit function in our lives, which, by the way, we can have all of them if we want. All the gifts are for you because you have all the Holy Spirit. He doesn't come in pieces. So if you want to start walking in supernatural things and laying hands on the sick, you can have it. Capture God's heart for people. It'll flow through your life. Well, I want to prophesy like so-and-so capture God's heart for people, and begin to manifest his heart through prophetic words, words of encouragement, comfort. All the gifts of the Spirit can manifest through us, but understanding how God's wired us is not just that. That's what God gives us. There's also an understanding of the things that we're intrinsically given by God. Like there are some people that just are kind of prophetic 
by nature, they're cut and dry. Romans chapter 12 talks about the seven motivational gifts. There's different ways that you can assess your personality type. Um, Enneagram is one of them. I like Enneagram. There's Myers-Briggs. There's DISC. There's all sorts of different ones. I like uh, Enneagram. It helps me, the motivation, the strengths, the weaknesses. Uh, I remember when my daughter and my wife were convincing me that I am a type 8, wing 7. And so, and I asked some people on Facebook, what Enneagram type? And they all are like, 8, wing 7. I'm like, well, whatever. And then, and then I'm like, I don't want to be put in a box. Don't tell me I'm a number. I'm not a number. And, and they're both like, that's totally what an 8 would say. <laughs> I love it. And I'm like, well, how does it helpful to me? Well, it's helpful to me because uh, when, when I'm not doing what God's called me to do and I'm walking in my identity, I find myself doing, you know, uh, doing things. In, and in this personality type, you can see the motivations, the weaknesses, and the strengths. And it's also help, helpful to me to know kind of the personality type that my wife is. Come on, married couples. It's also helpful to us to relate to one another, you know, and, and so all these things are important, but we're going to go through three things today. We're going to go through the rest next week, hopefully. Um, and we're going to, th- these are ways to help us discover the call on our life. That was a long introduction and I won't apologize for it. So the call of God is that which God wants us to accomplish in life. Amen. I love that. You have been given something from heaven to accomplish in your lifetime. Yes, sir. <laughs> I love that, man. It's like, what? Me? Yes, you. I remember as a young man knowing that God called me, and I just was like, wait, God has a plan and a purpose for me? You know, Jeremiah 29, 11, his thoughts, his plans for me are to give me a future and a hope to prosper me, not to harm me. And it's like this beautiful tapestry of God's intent in my life to weave into who I am. And God wants to live through me and love through me and speak through me and talk through me. And even as a father, come on, as a husband, as a business person, that's part of God's intent for me. So we have a call of God. All right, are you ready? Number one. These are ways to discover the call on our lives individually. Number one, look at your own heart. Well, pastor, that sounds a little self-righteous. Isn't our heart desperately wicked and deceitful above all things? Well, it was, but if you're a believer, God gave you a new heart. Doesn't mean there can't be desires in us that are desperately wicked and deceitful above all things. We don't trust our heart. We trust the Lord. Matter of fact, there are times that we need to trust other people more than we trust ourselves so we don't fall into deception. Sometimes your God told me needs to be questioned because sometimes the way we over-spiritualize things, God told me can be used to manipulate Sometimes we become our own God voice if we can't allow people to question our God told me. If someone can't question your God told me, then you are your own God voice. So there is an element to our hearts being yielded to God and to one another. We submit to one another in the fear of God. There are relationships in your life that people should have the access to speak into your life. Say, hey, you're, you're going a little wild there, buddy. Or, hey, you know, you've been kind of sharp. Or, hey, man, I, I feel like, are you okay? You know, in love, in care, in truth, there should be a place. But that doesn't mean that at the core of our being, that our heart is wicked in nature. The Bible says in Ezekiel 36, 26, and 27, a new covenant promise to you and I that God would give us a new heart and put a new spirit within us. 
How many know you have a new heart? If you're a believer and you're in Christ, you're a new creation. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. He took the stony heart out and he gave you a heart of flesh. So now your heart is moldable in the hand of God. And I remember we did this lesson in kids' church years ago. And we were really creative. So we had a big rock and we walked around and we talked about how God took the stony heart out and what it meant for, you know, some people to have hard hearts. And, you know, sometimes we get bitter or mad and we, we shut our hearts off to people. And well, God took the stony heart and he gave us a heart of flesh. And then we had like a big piece of meat and it was bloody and kids were like, ooh, gross. And, but it, and we're like squishing it around. It works in kids church. Okay, guys. All the, all the vegetarians, my daughter, she's like, oh my God, that's disgusting. She's going to need a sozo after that sermon illustration. But we took the piece of meat and we're like, this is, now, now your heart is like moldable in the hand of God. Amen. And so this is a promise of the new covenant. How can you discover what you're created to do uniquely in the earth? Look at your own heart. What are the passions, the desires that God put there? Not all the desires. Hello? Well, I just have a desire to punch someone in the face. That's not God's call for your life. Those are bad desires. I'm talking about the sanctified desires. What are the things that make you alive? Now, we touched on this a little bit, but this is number one. All of the things that we discussed stem out of this one right here. Look at your own heart. Look at your life. As believers, God's breathe, he breathed upon us to do great exploits for him. So what makes you alive? Howard Thurman said, don't ask what the world needs. Ask what makes you come fully alive and go do it because the world needs you fully alive. Amen. I love that quote. John Eldridge quoted it in, uh, in one of his books. Philippians 2.13 in the New Living Translation. Let's look at this verse real quick. Okay. Most of us know this verse, God is working in us both to will and to do for his good pleasure, right? Now look at it in the NLT. This is good. For God is working. Let's read it together. Ready? Read. For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. So God works in us. How many of God works in us? Say, God works in me. And he gives you desires and the power to do what pleases him. There are things that you do that please the Lord and God put them in your heart. What, what are you called me to do, Lord? What are you so passionate about that it's the one thing that just makes you come alive? Amen. What is the one thing? Yeah. And now it takes time to discover these things. And sometimes it's unfolding. You know, it's like, well, I'm not really sure. You know, sometimes we've been so frozen and, and inactive in loving and being self-giving because that's what we're created for. Uh, we're not created to be narcissistic. We're not a dead sea. We're, we should be living, uh, you know, rivers of living water should flow out of us. But there are things that God put there. And so whatever makes us come alive should be a good indicator of what he's called us to do. Now let's read Philippians 2.13 in the Passion. I love this. God will continually revitalize you. Amen. Amen. Every morning when you wake up, God, you continually revitalize me. Amen. Especially in 2022, when every pastor is afraid to do a prophetic word for the year because we don't know what's going to happen. But I can tell you something right now. 
we are created to stand strong against anything that we face because God has not changed his mind about his church, his people, and we have everything we need for life and godliness. And we should be the strongest, most joyful, most hopeful, most faithful people on the planet because we're the church of the living God. Hallelujah. Oh, man, I'm going to preach myself happy up in here. God will revitalize us. And look what it says. He implants within us the passion to do what pleases him. Oh, man, I love that. Like there are passions that he's given me. And it's pleasing to the Lord. You know, I have a passion to spend time with my family. I have a passion to have a table experience with my wife and my kids. Sometimes it gets a little crazy. It starts out with prayer. Then it ends up with my boys dancing on the table. But I'm still thankful that God put a passion in me to have a table experience with my family. I have a desire to have uh, an intimate, loving relationship with my spouse. Do you know God put that there? Yes. Hello? I have a desire to love God's people greater. I have a desire to see the world change. I have a desire to see Rochester impacted with a revival that has never been seen before. I ha- there are, guess who put that there? God put that there. God put it there. God put it there. And God put stuff in you. There are things in you, desires, passions. Don't discount your heart. Don't discount some of those things that make you alive and make you want to run the race. See, God causes our heart and our thoughts to align with his. He's pouring out his spirit. We yield our lives to him, and he causes our heart and our thoughts to align with his. So let me say this before we go to number two. Be you. Because you are uniquely you. And one of the ways you can discover God's calls on your life is knowing that you, there's nobody on earth that has your fingerprints. There's nobody on earth that has your DNA, unless you're an identical twin. But identical twins don't have the same fingerprints, just the same DNA. There's nobody on the planet that has your fingerprints. And God has wired you with unique gifts with humor, with love, with feistiness, the good feistiness. Amen? I'm telling myself that. I was so sassy this morning in worship practice. Everything was a joke. I'm like, what's wrong with me? I need to repent. I was telling the team. But God has marked your life with something unique. Be you. Don't try to be someone else. It will exhaust your life. You know, in the same sense that Jesus, the one and only begotten Son, now in that sense, He is the eternal Word. He is God from God. He has existed forever with the Father and the Spirit. Can you say amen? Amen. He is fully divine, fully human, fully God. And that is the one of a kind, the only begotten Son. But in one sense, because we partake of His divine nature, that uniqueness, that comes out in the fact that we are made in the image of God, that every one of us have this creative and unique ability to be us. Amen? And the more we get to know Him, the more we discover who God really created us to be. Can you say amen? Number two, Rochelle, would you give me some bottled water, please? Thank you. Number two, watch how your heart connects with others. It's really simple. 
Now, in a good way, not in a bad way, in a bad way too, like sometimes our heart can connect. Thank you so much. Ladies and gentlemen, can we give it up for the first lady right here on the front row? No, I won't stop it, woman of God. I love you. I really do love you, but that was just so I could take a drink so everyone didn't hear. No, I exaggerated that. Thank you, first lady. Watch how your heart connects with others, okay? This is so important because there is a similar calling, not same, but similar on other people's lives and you see it and you sense it and you engage with it. It's like there's this this synergy. You know, like I remember I uh, one of the areas that I'm called to is not just the, the church to minister and to equip the saints, but I'm called to the marketplace. I have an entrepreneurial gift on my life and I'm called to influence the world of business. And when I started doing that and stepping into it, I would look at other businessmen and women that were successful. Of course, that I, I linked up with that, right? Nobody wants to go into business and not succeed. Hello? Amen. Come on, somebody. Yeah, I'm going to start my own business and become a failure. No, you want to go in business and make millions because God's anointed you to fund the kingdom of God. Yes. Come on, somebody. Some of y'all are anointed to make millions of dollars too. It's like that anointing, whatever you touch just turns to gold. It's just the glory anointing, and it's, it's, it's connected to money. And so I remember looking up to different business people, and I thought to myself, that's what I want to be like. And they walked in Christian integrity, and they, and they walked in an anointing to be successful in the realm of business. And so watch how your heart connects with other people, because your heart will begin to link up. This is the second way to discover, God, what have you created me to do? There is a synergy, if you will. And, and how many know it's not limited to just ministry? But so there's a divine synergy. Let's read 1 Corinthians 3.9. This is a powerful scripture here. In the New King James, it says, for we are God's fellow workers. Can you say that with me? Say fellow workers. You are God's field. You are God's building. So Paul is talking about this connection, this fellowship, this working together, this koinonia, but this working together with the church and with partners in ministry. The word fellow worker is where we get the word synergy. So watch how you synergize with people. Now, of course, this can be, you know, we have to guard our hearts. Sometimes we can connect with people that influence us negatively. How many know that? But when you get around somebody that shares a similar calling, you know what will happen? Something will just jump inside of you. Something like, oh, there's a connection. There's like a, there's a burning, man. And, and, you, and you see it and you want to connect with them. I remember when I first met a spiritual father in my life who has drastically impacted me, I remember, um, I've told the story a couple times, but what happened was he was coming to preach at this church that I was serving at. And so I was a, a worship pastor and associate pastor at this uh, four square church in Henderson, Nevada. And um, I was just honored to serve. Like whatever God wanted me to do, I was there to serve. And, and I remember um, Larry Titus was coming to our church to preach. Now this was a big deal because this guy would preach at the conventions, you know, crowds of thousands and pastors, leaders, and he, he was kind of big time, right? And so uh, out of all of our church, 
no one was available to pick him up from the airport. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, hold on a minute. I came from a church culture. There was a blessing to pick up the man of God. Come on, somebody. Like, I want to carry his Bible. I just want to get around him. How many know there's something about honoring? And so I'm like, oh, I'm there. Boom. I'm, done. I'm like, I'm there. I, on the email thread, I'm like, done. I'll do it. Nope. I call it. And, uh, and so I got to pick him up from the airport. So I was in business, had a nice BMW, and I roll up and uh, pick him up, grab his bag. And, and I remember I'm thinking I'm a little intimidated because of who he is. But he's talking, and as he talks, my heart burns within me. It's kind of like on, uh, the, in the story in Luke 24, where the disciples are walking with Jesus. They don't know it's Jesus, but they're just in the presence of Jesus. And later on, after they realized it was him, did not our hearts burn within us, they said. And there was a presence of the Lord, a unique manifestation of the presence of the Lord upon him his life. And as he spoke to me, my heart linked with his heart. And I realized that I share in a similar calling. There was a reason for that. See, there are certain uh, leadership gifts that you need to get around, not just leadership gifts in the church, but leadership gifts in business and in other areas and link with them so you can glean from them and grow in the gift and the call that's on your life. So be aware of how your heart connects with other people. There was like a fragrance, a holy something. My heart resonated with the call of God on Larry Titus's life. The other thing I'll say before we go to the last one is watch how we connect with others. And, and sometimes in a body of believers, I would encourage us to just look and see what the Father's doing and join it. If there's things that we see the Father doing, and it's something that we connect with, then join in on it. Like, it doesn't have to be your idea to be God's idea. Sometimes we're like, I got to start a ministry in a 501c3. It's like, it's already been done, and you don't even need that anyways. Why don't you just f- partner with people that are doing it in the earth? Hello? Capture God's heart. Link in heart with people that are doing it. Share in that synergy. Paul says we're co-workers with Christ. There's a synergy, a divine synergy. And join in. Whatever that thing is, that desire to change the world, it's probably happening around you to a degree. So join in on the fun with the family of God. Can you say amen? amen? You know, when we serve, it doesn't mean we have to have our name on it. Amen? We can do more together than by ourselves. You know, it reminds me of my, my kids when, when we want them to clean. Um, pray for us. Sometimes they just won't do it. Any parents out there know what I'm feeling right now? But our kids, they do a good job uh, after the 12th time, usually, that we tell them to clean. Maybe 13th. But we tell them to clean. And like, let's say we have dinner. And the kids that help cook, they usually get a pass on cleaning. That's fair enough, Right? And if you didn't cook, do the dishes, you know. And so we're cleaning. But my kids, what I've noticed, and how many know when everyone does a part, it's done fast. Oh, I love that. Man, the kitchen looks great 10 minutes after dinner. And before we started cleaning, it was nasty. And so it's wonderful when we all do our part. But here's what happens is David mostly, sometimes Hannah instigates this. They have to have music playing when they clean. 
And so they put on music. I think it's because it motivates them. Also, they like to dance and goof off, and the cleaning takes longer. But I'd like to think it's a nice picture of how there is a rhythm to when we all work together in the call of God. So be aware of how your heart links with other people in the call and in the destiny, what God's created you to do, because we do things more when we do them together. Can you say amen? That's a good word, Pastor. Thank you, Zach. Sometimes I talk to myself. It's called encouraging yourself in the Lord. Number three, and lastly, watch how your spirit rises up when you see needs. You might just see a need. You might see something that bothers you in the world. I'm not just talking about a need in the church. I mean, that's nice too. You see a need, meet a need, come on. But there are things in the world that bother you. Bothers me when I see homeless people. Maybe it bothers you when you see young people that are bound and addicted. Maybe it bothers you. You see single parents struggling and broken and hurting. What are the things, maybe ethnic hatred, it just gets to your core and you want to see reconciliation and restoration. You want to see the walls come down. Maybe there's things that God has called you to do and it just bugs the snot out of you. That could be an indicator that God is calling you to go change it. Something that could frustrate us, poverty, disorganization. How many, is, is anyone here frustrated by a mess and disorganization? Oh, it bothers me. I can't even relax unless it's clean. I can't even study in my office. I'm sorry. Maybe I'm a little, maybe I'm a little OCD, whatever. But I like organization. I like order. It's just, well, God has wired me to help bring order. Hello? And some of you, it's like, oh, it's so disorganized. Ugh, it's so annoying. I can't even look at it. Well, maybe God's calling you to go fix it. Maybe God's anointed you to help serve to change that thing. Amen. Thank you, first lady from the front row. When you said, come on just now, like fueled my spirit. Mm, glory to God. I could preach a whole nother sermon next service, and I will. Colossians 4.17. Take heed to the ministry which you've received from the Lord that you may fulfill it. I love that. Do me a favor, homework, write it down. Look up take heed in the Greek. It'll knock your socks off, your spiritual socks. Take heed to the ministry which you've received from the Lord that you may fulfill it. Now, Paul's talking to someone in particular. I believe his name is Acropus, and he says, tell him to take heed to the ministry. Tell him, remind him what God's called him to do, and take heed and yield to it. So there are things that might even burden us or trouble us. There are things that might even make us mad. And sometimes it's an indicator God's calling us to change it. Um, It's not necessarily a bad thing when we get frustrated. There might be something in us that God's like, you know, stirring so that we can go be the change. Come on. We don't just criticize the lack. We become the more that the world needs. Amen. Amen. Sometimes we look at something and we wonder why it's neglected um, and we think it's someone else's responsibility. Somebody else is not doing their job. Well, maybe we're not doing our job because maybe we're the ones that are called to fix it and to make it better. Amen? And it's not one specific thing always. It's not always connected to our career or whatever. It could be uh, a lot of different things. Now, in closing... I want to talk about this concept. So if you want to come up, Anna, you can. 
I want to talk about this concept, and we have, again, we have four more things that we're going to look at next week, but the Lord was burning something in my heart last night. I was praying, and I, I want to read this, this last verse to you to kind of sum up these points. Psalm thirty-three, fifteen. It says that he, the Lord, looks on all the inhabitants of the earth. He fashions their hearts individually. There's something about that phrase. And just tie it in from the foundation of what we talked about, about how God has given us a new heart. Look what the word says. He, Jesus, the Father, the Spirit, God fashions hearts individually. Your heart has been fashioned by heaven. So don't struggle with how God made you. That doesn't mean that there are things that God is freeing us from. How many know we're still like unlearning things? We're still discovering who we are. We're learning how to walk in our identity and manifest the fruit of the Spirit. Hello? Sometimes we can have wrong thoughts or desires, but that's not who we are. Don't struggle with who God made you. He fashioned your heart individually. Let him do what he's doing in you. You know, of course, I, I have to discern this. Sometimes there's a difference, but my wife has graciously told me because she's learned who I am over the years that sometimes, honey, I think you're mad, but I've realized you're just really passionate. Like, amen. Praise God. Because an Enneagram actually helps you discover that. Eights can be really passionate, right? Am I saying it right? I look to my wife because they, they're learned on this stuff. I'm not as learned. But there are times I've discounted this passion. I think, well, I just, I don't want to be intimidated. I don't want to come across too strong. And, and then I've dumbed down how God made me. Like there are things when I see injustice, oh, it makes me mad. Like there's certain movies I can't even watch. At one time, Sarah helped me. We were watching this movie where this guy uh, gets wrongly convicted for something. I'm like, I can't even watch it. Like, it, watch it. It bothers me. See, there are things that God stirs up in you. Don't struggle with how God wired you. Are you hearing me? He fashioned us individually. And I just feel like the Lord doing something in me right now. So many times, you know, in life, in ministry, as a father, as a husband, and as a pastor, as a leader, as a preacher, as a worship leader, I'm constantly trying to push down the actual thing that God is trying to spring up, confidence and boldness, and, and I allow a spirit of intimidation or a fear of, a fear of failure, or I question the way God's fashioned me. God's like, no, this, this scripture, I had to find it. I heard the Spirit of God say, I fashion your heart. I'm like, where's that in the Bible? I couldn't find it. Then I found it, Psalm 33. He fashions their hearts. Then I thought about David. And I want to close with this thought. 
We all know David was a man after God's own heart, right? A man, if I could say it this way, which I believe Eugene Peterson says it this way in Acts 13 when Paul's preaching and he's talking about David. He says, a man's, a man like David whose heart beats after God's heartbeat. I found no matter what we're created to do, that every single one of us, the most helpful thing we can do is if we want to have a heart after God's own heart, if we want to learn to walk in this passion that he's given us and link with others and, and, and we want to understand like, hey, there's something in me that, that leaps or that comes like, I want to go change this. Whatever it is, the frustration, the stirring, how God is fashioned. When we realize, uh, we look in the life of David, one of the two things that I see, he always inquired of the Lord and he loved the presence of God. And I'll say this, that as, as a person that God has a call in their life, and this isn't just for ministry people, where we really f- discover what we're created for is in the presence of the Lord. There's no greater transformation. There's no greater touch than just there's something about going vertical and worshiping and just like when we're singing oh lord you're beautiful and and man it's like everything just fades all earthly cares fade and we discover the beauty of who he is and then it's god that does those things in our life and he it's like he fashions our heart all over again and he trims some things off come on he circumcises our hearts so to speak like there's this thing that god does god touches our heart deep within us and he transforms us that happens in the presence of the lord so if we want a heart after him Let's look at the life of David. He always inquired of the Lord. He was never presumptuous. He never just ran ahead. Oh, whatever. No, that's, wait, hold on, wait. Let me wait and see. Lord, is this you? Are are we supposed to go take the enemy out right here? God says, no. Let me inquire of the Lord. God says, no. Wait till you hear the wind blowing on the tops of the trees. Then go. Follow the wind. And then David a man who loved the presence of the Lord. Man, this is, if you could, if I could put it this way, the recipe to allowing God to do what he does in us so that we can have a heart after God's heart. Can you say amen? Because all of us as New Covenant Christians have been wired to have a heart after God's. And sometimes it just takes a little time to get in that rhythm of grace, to get in that flow. And it happens in the presence of the Lord. Can you say amen? So just in summarizing, we look at our own heart, our own passions. It's how we discover the call of God. Watch how we connect and link with others. They might share a similar calling. And then watch how our spirit rises up when we see things that need to be changed or we see needs. Can you say amen? Hope you all enjoyed this morning. Can we pray together? Let's just close this time. What a wonderful service, wonderful time of worship. The Lord is so good to us. And uh, I just want to bless you right now before we go. Can we, let's stand up together. Come on, let's stand and let's raise our hands to heaven right now. (laughs) I pray that you would receive freedom in your life from the limitations, the labels that you've put on yourself related to how God has fashioned you. Lift your hands to the Lord and just hear the voice of the Spirit. I fashion your heart. 
come alive. God has called you to accomplish something in life, something unique. Every single human being in this room, every heart, every life. May our hearts and our minds align with you and your spirit, Lord, as we yield, as we worship, as we inquire of the Lord. May our hearts beat after the rhythm of yours. And we thank you, Father, that we as a people will say yes to the call individually and yes to the call as a wonderful community. I bless this precious community and every saint. And if there's ever been a restriction or limitation on our idea of calling or uh, even the idea that we miss the call, I come against that lie. I thank you, Lord, that it is just broken now. In Jesus' name, I just break it off of you now. In Jesus' name. (laughs) Thank you, Lord. We love your presence. We love your presence. Lift your hands with me and just thank him for his presence for a moment. Say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hi, Pastor Zach here at Encounter Church in Rochester, New York. Hope you were blessed by that message And we want to give you an opportunity to sow into the ministry if you'd like to. If you would, just go to revival.me and click on the button that says give. Thanks again and have a blessed, blessed day.